Hello, and welcome to the Anovia Conversation. I'm Steve Waltz. And I'm Jeff Pergelski. And today, Jeff, it's, I'm trying to think, it's, was it been a year since we did our last podcast? Summer kind of. It hasn't came, been that. Not quite a year, huh? No. It's been, it's been a, bit, a couple months. But so we needed, so we needed like a big gun to like, to, to come back and help us um, with our uh, return to podcast, right? So who do we have with us today? We have Gary Harpenau with us today. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jeff. No way. How do we get Gary? I thought he was going to be like out, like mapping processes at some customer site. <laughs> that's, yeah, we bring in Gary. Like that's just that. And at any company, there's a Gary. Bring in Gary. So, so yeah. So let's introduce um, our uh, our listeners to Gary. Gary, uh, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Steve. Um, so my background has been uh, I spent 29 years in the pharmaceutical industry, uh, primarily in manufacturing. So I worked for an Indiana based company, uh, Eli Lilly and Company, and uh, had a very long, successful career there. Uh, took early retirement and, um, you know, after spending many years of looking at manufacturing and process uh, improvement, um, I decided to to find something else to do uh something new and and um something to to learn more about so i retired for about 18 months spent my time uh marrying off one of my sons and graduating my daughter from college and then became bored so i decided to come back to work and and i started looking um bumped into anovia and uh, found a pretty good match so you know, I think with my previous experience, um, you know, and wanting to learn more about ERP systems, uh, it's been a great match for a second career for me, um, you know, which I'm enjoying very much in my second year here. Nice, nice. Sounds kind of familiar, Jeff. Worked for a pharma company. Retired. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, tell me uh, what do you know about CRM? Yeah. <laughs> just, just so so yeah so but you guys yeah. are different pharma companies right like you've right. got you all right so and and you're just like uh i mean i always find this fascinating but you you're an account manager at novia right like so uh so part of our sales team but like with this wealth of knowledge and so so um i guess uh, that would lead us into uh um so you've been at Inovia. This is your second year. Yes, it is. So, so, um, so, what do you uh, primarily do? I know that you are more than just an account manager, and, and we right. help our customers in other ways. So, tell us a little bit about this kind of stuff you do at Inovia. Yeah. So, my primary job is is a customer engagement specialist, basically managing accounts. Um, you know, one of the things that I truly enjoy and am passionate about is helping uh, co- uh, companies grow and, and drive improvement uh, in their operations. So one of the things that we do is we meet with our clients on a regular basis and go out and, and seek to understand what um, areas that they're struggling with and, and how, you know, potentially an improvement in their ERP system could help them, either with uh, producing data uh, managing data, um, efficiency out on the warehouse uh, with some technology, 
So the nice thing is, is we get out to see our clients, you know, um, and actually walk the floor with them, take a look at their strategic plans um, and help them figure out what is the right path forward to improve their business model, improve their business processes um, and gain those efficiencies that, that give them higher profits. So, you know, I also one of the side gigs that I've got at Anovia is I, I've used my previous background in process improvement um, at Lilly. I, I spent a lot of time uh, working in lean manufacturing and process improvement mapping. Uh, so I'm using some of those tools to step out and actually help clients, whether they're mine or anybody in Anovia. I've been able to help map out some processes, look for improvements and drive those improvements across the organization. That sounds pretty cool. Um, so the uh, um, Steve, before I um, completely monopolize this podcast, uh, you have any questions? Well, I think it's great. Well, Gary's my neighbor here in the South Bend office is across the way there. And so every once in a while, something kind of goes flying through the doors, but we won't, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, the neat thing is, 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 you know, Gary has gone around the world and done contract manufacturing and he talks about Lee, you know, and, and process and which is, which is great for me because I came from the, you know, the, the sales side, like the self aids to keep the manufacturing plants working. Right. And so to kind of hear the, you know, the back end more in depth of, you know, the, the process improvement, you know, that, that lean concept and, you know, and then cross-functional teams and putting teams together to see that Gary has that such a high level of expertise is this, it's really just great for, I mean, us, what you brought to our team, Gary, it's really been beneficial for all of us, but also my gosh, for your customers, I'm sure you're walking in like you did that for how long? And you went all over the world. I mean, that's just that's just it's just great to have that, you know, to to talk about it and having that fit, uh, you know, with a lot of our customers. Because Jeff, we do. We think about half our customers are heavy manufacturing distribution. Yep. You, know, you Steve, you bring up a good point. I mean, uh, the you know, it's it's not just around process improvement for manufacturing. I mean, it, it can go. I mean, we've driven process improvement inside the financial systems. Uh, the purchasing process, the, you know, we, we've got uh, legal clients that, you know, you're anything where you're approving, uh, cutting, you know, work orders or, or service contracts or anything of that nature, you can always drive improvement. And so this process mapping exercise that we do actually can be done for any client in manufacturing and in, in inside of accounting systems. Um, I did it inside quality systems at Lilly, uh, supply chain functions, warehousing, everything kind of goes into, um, if it's a process, we can improve it. Very, very cool. And mm -hmm. so did you go through any training for like change management or just kind of learn along the way? Uh, well, we had a lot of change management, uh, at Lilly. I mean, obviously a pharmaceutical were governed by the, uh, FDA. So change management was our life. Uh, yeah. so that was kind of second nature. You automatically learn that as soon as you stepped in the door. Uh, everything has to be documented. Everything has to be um, captured. So, um, you know, I, I didn't go through formal training. We did Lilly training on that, but I, I bring a wealth of experience with change management. Um, but, you know, the process mapping, I spent um, I spent some time with um, Toyota and I spent some time with um, uh, another uh, big company 
around the whole lean manufacturing side of it. So I actually spent some time learning the process through them and then taking it back to Lully and imp implemented it uh, first site at Lully. So. Wow. So you went right to the source. Actually, after we kind of talked about it, I bought the book uh, on, on lean by Toyota. Yeah. You know, an excellent book. And if you're looking to learn more about that and, you know, Gary, I don't know about one of the challenges I had coming over from a large company like you was I remember one of my first visits, this person, there was an ROI of doing an add-on that was five to 10,000. I mean, the, the cost was five to 10,000, but the ROI was 50 to 100,000 and they wouldn't make the change. And I'm just so glaring, like it's, it, you, yeah. you get 10 times an ROI. And, you know, and, it's, it, and I guess coming from a company where those numbers seem small to a small and medium-sized business, those numbers are large, they are. right? So I don't know, did, did you feel any of that type of coming over to a small uh, SMB type of partner or? So, you know, one of the things that when I when I retired and, and started thinking about a second career is I, I really wanted to work in that small to medium sized companies. I mm -hmm. felt like there was a huge gap because large companies like Lilly, Abbott, I mean, they have the resources and they can afford the resources, right? Uh, in smaller to medium sized companies, they have to be very careful about how much they can afford to spend, right, to drive improvements. Uh, so I think there's a I think there's a big gap there where people have not looked uh, in the mirror per se to say you know have we got tunnel vision going on should we bring in an outside set of eyes to help us look at our processes and actually question why we do things because that's what it's really all about it's it's questioning why you've always done it this way and is there a better way to do it tomorrow um, and and it opens up a, a plethora of opportunity to um to the companies and and i think there's a a big need there in the size companies that anovia deals with right and i think i know we talk about it a lot as a team like the five whys <clears throat> the why is so important yeah. versus the what and i think you know kind of the background we all have here and, and engaging with our customers i mean do you have any stories you want to share on just really maybe a company that by bringing that outside perspective and having that why conversation is maybe you know either transformed or did something that really helped them be successful? Yeah, I think the, so the, the I, I'll, I'll leave the name out, but uh, there was a, a manufacturing company up in Wisconsin that we worked with and they were really wanting to look at their pick pack process in their warehouse and their shipping process. And we, we mapped out the process itself. So we go through and we map out how it currently is being done um and through that you go backwards and you take that same map and you say well why do you do that step who does that step and where does the paper go and and you you can zero in on paper a lot uh because a lot of times people will pass paper around and you know that's waste so anytime you're looking at process improvement you're zeroing in on what what is being wasted is it time is it motion is it um resources i mean in a warehouse the the biggest waste in a warehouse is people walking okay if you don't if you're if your person walks down to the other end picks up one package comes back picks up another package goes down picks up another package their back and forth motion is a waste of time and if you can help zero in that and say why aren't you organizing your picks based upon the current location in the warehouse and route them through your warehouse right there's software packages out there that will do that for you and so 
we we gained a lot of opportunity and you know we so at the end of process mapping current state and then you go to future state and say here's what we want it to look like and then you say how many I mean, what kind of improvements do we need to get there and then you lay that out on a grid and you decide what's your top priorities and then you go after that but we 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 came forward with a fairly large roi um, and justified um, a project to actually go in and actually do a complete warehouse project with them uh, where i'm actually helping them do the warehouse project um, to where we'll implement handheld barcoding uh, the full gamut of a warehouse process to to get those efficiencies out. Very cool. Did you visit Jeff when you were in Wisconsin? I didn't go that far north. So, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah I'm <laughs> I was busy, so I'm not offended at all, Gary. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Um, I've got, uh, I've got two questions. If I can keep them both in my head long enough. So, first of all, when, when I've been involved in in projects like this, um, sometimes I'm surprised at just the benefit of not even um not even the the future state but just how many companies benefit from the fact that um they don't know what their processes are like like the right. warehouse team isn't aware of why accounting is sending you know why do we get like a stack of 30 sheets every morning and then and then like we've uh, i was with mary we were with a customer and found out that like there was there was like 28 steps to like pick an order and um and everyone in the company was like oh like this is ridiculous and the warehouse people were like yeah like that's why you know exactly so, yeah so I, that's the thing that i'm surprised with i bet you see that a lot just the the fact that the the process mapping um project can help bring you know the organization together and, and shed light to across different functional areas of companies yeah and that's, that's the piece where you're trying to get them to look in the mirror and see what they look like in true fashion that's what a process map does a lot of people have never written it down you know they talk about it they do it but they've never seen it on paper once it's on paper you're like it 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 can be embarrassing and i always warn people up front you know this is not about blaming anybody for the inefficiencies this is about fixing the problem so focus on where we should go with this and not why are we here um you know let's talk about why we're here enough to get us to move forward uh and that's it all right so my my follow-up is sort of around the the details of what uh process mapping engagement looks like um because i can remember Oh, so many years ago, I was um, I, I went through a, a process mapping um, engagement with one of my clients, and um, heaven help them, Alan Wine, our CEO um, at the time, was was doing it. And I showed up, uh, had some travel issues, showed up like two hours late to the meeting. I entered into this conference room, and there was. Um, Alan with like two thirds of the wall covered in sticky notes. Um, his, his shirt was, <laughs> was a little sweaty. Like people were like getting agitated. But so so, what does that um, in, in like sort of overall? Um, do we do we break it down like where we do different functional areas? And is there like an approximate cost of that to our customers that we can speak to, or is it too wildly varied? That yeah, the the cost is is always kind of a. Um it's it's on an as 
needed basis. I mean, because it's it really depends on your your uh, I'll call it your bookends of where you're starting and where you're ending the process. So in the case of the client up in Wisconsin, we went all the way from putting a, uh, a order in all the way to shipping. That was a large and we ended up breaking it into about four different maps. Um, so to say, here's what it costs to do a map. It's hard to tell. It really depends on how much of the you know span of of the process you're going to look at. When it turned, you know, you you described it perfectly, Jeff. I mean, what you're doing is you're getting a group of experts on the process in a room, and you need to have high level down to low level. Don't don't think that you can get a bunch of managers in a room and do a process map because you're going to get rose colored glasses. Um, and so you, you've got to have people that disagree and correct people. And, it, you know, you got to have an open and transparent conversation to really get that current state map documented. And then, you know, going, you know, to the future state, you're, you're basically taking those sticky notes. And we use sticky notes primarily because you move it around a lot. Someone will say, well, there's a step before that. And if you're trying to write it on a board, you got to do a lot of erasing. Well, these sticky notes, we just move around and and we do go from function to function. So in a process map, you will look at, let's just take a work order through a manufacturing process. You, it, It's going to touch uh, purchasing. It's going to touch the warehouse. It's going to touch the manufacturing component, uh, financial component. So all these functions are listed down the y-axis and you kind of just move the sticky notes around of who's doing what and when how many times does it go from this function to the other function and back and forth when you know especially in the approval process there there seems to be a lot of um, waste when it comes to how they route things and how they wait on things um, so but you know cost wise i would go back and say look you know, tell me the scope. Uh, I can I can quickly assess how many steps are going to be in that process, how many functions are going to be involved, and how long it's going to take us to get through it. And then I usually provide a, a quick estimate. All right. I, I think oh. to add to that, Gary, I, that's all right, Jeff. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please, Steve, go ahead. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeff. But but Gary, you know, when I I, I think the first one of the first times I kind of got involved with one of those type process mapping. I didn't realize it was called process mapping at the time. But what, what I learned uh, was that, you know, what's your strategy? You got to have a defined strategy and backing from the leadership team. And I, I remember the first one I went into, uh, uh, the, head, the person who was running the meeting said, everyone in this room is equal stakeholders, right? Right. It doesn't matter if you're a VP or the person filling the box up, right? Or the whatever. Everybody had equal um, you know, share, they're equal shareholder. What right. else I liked about it was that something that it's a mantra that I was drilled in. If all the stakeholders are together in the room or now one teams, right? And all, and there's enough information to make a decision. You make a decision. No one leaves. Right. And, and I think the cool thing about that is it, it does, you know, if, if it's for the benefit of the company and you're, and if you don't have a forced deadline, you know, because you have to hash it out, right? There's going to be somebody in that room usually leaves not really happy, but somebody, a lot of people in that room leave pretty, pretty excited, right? I don't know if there's anything you want to expand on that. 
Yeah, so you don't, you uh, you know, well, let me let me clarify that. So my philosophy and the philosophy I've been trained on is that you don't go for consensus. You go for alignment and you go for people grabbing the burlap and holding on to it and saying, I, I, I support this. Regardless whether I agree with it or not, I will support this. So you, you look for full support in that room, but not consensus. So if a person says, I don't like that, well, can you live with it? Can you work with it? And if, as long as a person nods their head yes, then you move forward. Uh, if you tried to get consensus on every step and every improvement, uh, yeah, it would be a non-starter uh, because there are a lot of opinions and a lot of um, uh, people with different perspectives in that room. Um, what you're looking for is what's best for the company and don't lose sight of that. Uh, you're not looking for what makes my job easier. You're looking for what makes it more productive, more efficient. Um, and if it's easier for you, that's a bonus. But, you know, that's what we're after in that in that room. That help? Oh, it did. And I, I think yeah. you kind of you, you, the way you summed it up, right? It's just because if I don't agree with Gary doesn't mean I don't like Gary or respect Gary, right? It's for the benefit of the company. Right do its job and it, and it does affect people and you know and, and it can get emotional sometimes i've seen you know, oh, i've seen it that it, way but it, when you when you pull back and you see the success of it and know that you're part of it i remember a couple times i scratched my head why are they thinking about doing that then about a year later i'm like boy i'm glad i was involved in that decision right <laughs> so but yeah good points so one of one of the other things that you know people you need a you need a strong sponsor somebody at a fairly high level that can make decisions and support you at the, I'll call it at the C-suite level uh, when it comes time to fund the improvements. Um, I What I've found, you know, that happens a lot is people will sign up for process mapping and go through the whole exercise. And then when it comes time to actually drive improvements, they fail to resource it. So, and, and typically it's not money, it's people's time. Um, so if you don't feel like you have the bandwidth to, to actually implement improvements, why go through the pain of process mapping? So I always encourage people to say up front, do you have the bandwidth to execute improvement? If you do, then let's get through this and let's go. Otherwise let's wait until you do have that bandwidth and then let's, let's try to, um, time it to where we get the process mapping done and then we drive the improvements right away. Um, because people come out of those, those sessions excited. They wanna see those improvements. I've invested all this time sitting in a room fighting over this. Let's let's see it happen. So um, yeah, that resourcing is is critical. And that, and that sponsor plays a big role in that because I usually have that conversation with them or her, I shouldn't, yeah. To you, John. <laughs> I you know, like basically, I think I heard um, uh, someone refer to uh, uh, the general description of a podcast is just two people talking over each other. So, you know, <laughs> perfect alignment here. We've we've got three, but um, all right. So, so I think that uh, that sounds like uh, a, a really interesting part of of how you help our customers um, at Anovia. So. Uh, what else um, in, in terms of just the, the 
your you know first uh, two years at Inovia. Um, what do you think about like here? I think we're we're talking about um, is Inovia a good place to work? Like, what do you feel about the team? You came from this like giant company down to this uh, small company, and just like Steve, you've successfully navigated the uh, um, pitfalls of of whatever that means. But right. but like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel these two years pulling you out of retirement? What do you? What do you think of like who's your favorite account manager? Um, that used to be our joke. <laughs> well, it's Kevin, of course. Oh, <laughs> great um, uh, No, I it, it it's been a great. Uh, I'll call it a breath of fresh air for me. Um, I like being part of a small company, um, and and I say small, uh, kind of tongue in cheek, because we've grown about three x for when I started. So. Uh, we're growing fast, and uh, but the the feeling inside the company is still small, meaning that we still have full access to our owner, our CEO. I mean, um, you know, you you don't have to worry about the company politics. And in a large corporation, Steve can attest to this. There's a lot of politics, and so it's it's nice not to have to worry about that, and maneuver around that, um, and you know, it's. You know, there's always people there to help you, especially like you, Jeff. I mean, if I've got a licensing issue, I know I can call on you. You can help me out. I don't have to be an expert in all ERP or aspects. And so um, the, the willingness for people to help each other inside the company has been fantastic. Uh, it's helped me learn more of the software side of it because I came in more from a user perspective than I did a a software uh, knowledge based person. So uh, it's it's been almost essential, but it's been a, uh, a pleasure working with everybody inside the company and it's it remains fun. I as I told Tom Doran when I first started Tom, as long as it's fun, I'll stay. <laughs> I, I like having fun at work. I spend way too much time at work. Uh, for not having fun. When it becomes not fun, then I may be looking for something else. But um, it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, and Novi is a great place to work. Yeah, I would I would agree. It's funny because in my 13 years here, I started, we were like 30 some people. Um, and to me, that felt like, you know, this felt like a big company. We were working certainly with with within uh, our client base at bigger organizations as well. It was, so I look at this as uh, like, wow, this is like, this is corporate America. And then you guys come from the other perspective. <laughs> this There's is 30,000 people. <laughs> right, yeah, your, uh, your, your question or your, your comment though. So what, what system, um, what, what's ERP system were you used to before you um, came to know? Yeah, so I, I worked in Oracle first uh, as well. We had a home one before Oracle. We went through Oracle and then we went into SAP. So they're, they're giants, uh, but for a large corporation, they're, they're probably necessary. But, you know, when I, when I look at Microsoft ERP systems, it's so much more user friendly and so much easier to navigate through and get information out of. Um, you you kind of had to go back to somebody in IT to get a report out of SAP, uh, and then they would write it for you. And then if you wanted to change it, you'd have to. And most of the time, we would ex export to Excel anyway. And so it 
you know, it was a giant. Uh, but as I transitioned to Microsoft, um, it was definitely a, a pleasant uh, experience. Interesting. Yeah, I just like getting those perspectives from uh, people yep. coming from other worlds and and sort of what that's like. Because I I you know went from uh, running a small business on QuickBooks to uh, to using um, Dynamics NAV to enter my time as a network engineer when I started at uh, at Anovia, and so I didn't have a lot of experience with other systems. So I get kind of a uh, tunnel vision, and I always like to hear other perspectives. So, um, I mean, we're getting to uh, we're we're getting to that point, Steve. Do you have uh, any any final questions for Gary? Let's see. I know Gary, we talk a lot about you know the process mapping side, um, you know, but as an account manager, you know, we it's it's really owning the account, and you know, we we talk about that internally, and and one of the things that kind of you know we talk about the culture when I came over was, you know. When we say when we say we're going to take care of you, we mean it because, you know, Gary, I think as you you're finding out in the ERP world and a lot of add ons and right. So many things can go on that, you know, when I talk with uh, potential clients or, you know, when, when our current clients is that, you know, at the end of the day, somebody needs to own somebody needs to own the account. Right. And, you know, the a customer engagement specialist does and it's to help to minimize the finger pointing. And, you know, when. when you know, the model when I came, we were talking about, I'm like, so we're going to have these people that are highly skilled, that have been there and done it in business, and we're not going to charge our customers for that. Right. <laughs> that consulting mindset tells you, how do you do that? You know, we, you know, we, we talk about it because the cost of acquisitions, you know, if you don't lose customers, you don't need to replace them as much. Right. Right. But as far as that, you know, that, you know, that, that model for, for you, um, when you go visit your 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 customers, do you do you see once you kind of get to know them a little bit more that they start engaging more? Or I guess any you know how, when you when you heard first heard about that approach, I guess your thoughts on that approach and how do you see it helping you do your job and customers succeed? Yeah, so I think the you know the approach fit me really well because you know the last thing you want to do is be talking to a, to a, a customer. A client and have them looking at their watch, worrying about how much time and how much money they're spending while they're talking to you. No one's going to want to spend time with a person. So going in and not charging our time and having that open, transparent conversation um, it has worked extremely well, for, not only for us but for our customers. Um, they love to see that you know they're getting value from a person that brings experience from the. From an outside perspective and they're not worried about the clock um so um it it just makes the whole relationship go to a different level um and i think that that's a key when we're at, at anovia we focus for the long haul as you said we don't look for high turnover companies uh, we're looking for somebody that's going to stay a partner for a long time and and so let's get that relationship built where we can be open and transparent with each other. And um, we're all aligned to what drives their company's performance. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it works extremely well. If I had to go out and start something uh, similar to this, it would be it'd be a great model to follow. Oh, that's an aside discussion. <laughs> Just aside discussion. No. <laughs> anyway, well, we're, we're excited to have you on the team. 
you know, Gary's Gary's another Hoosier. Yep. So it's great to have born and raised. <laughs> born and raised. So, you know, it's it's great to have another Hoosier. And I think, Jeff, um, let's see. I'm thinking, how, how do you find Gary? I mean, we can find Gary's picture on our website, right, under uh, yep. under a list there. But Gary, how else can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, so I've got a LinkedIn account. Please reach out to me. Um, request, you know, contact and and always looking for new contacts out there. Um, I don't do Facebook, um, so that may be a positive or a negative. But yeah. um, that's just that's a that's a social media that I've not tapped into for business. Um, I do it for family and share pictures, things like that. But uh, LinkedIn, um, you know, and I'm available through the the website as well. Is it um, is it true? Steve told me that you're um, you've got a secret Twitter account that's under Process Matt Princess. Is that? Is that <laughs> oh, that is not true. He twisted my words there, Gary. He twisted my words. Just be on the record. You know the so you know as an account manager, Gary is not available. However, uh, if if what we do, Jeff was a hybrid too. Jeff did some IT consulting. So uh, Gary can do process mapping and those would be billable engagements. But normally your your account manager is non-billable. And I, before I retire, I wanna do one billable hour before I go, right? I'm cheap and easy from what I heard, right? I'm, you know, <laughs> I just, and also Steve, you're gonna, be, you're gonna get one certification, right? One certification, one billable hour. I'm going to be certified at something, right? <laughs> you already been like nominated to be like a user group all star. Like you've got all sort of impressive credentials, Steve. Right. Now I'll have to take a Microsoft test someday. Just can I have you over my shoulder or are we on video when we do that? So, <laughs> anyway, but but great, Gary. Once again, thank you very much. And for all our listeners, you can find us all on our on LinkedIn on our website at nobi.com. A uh, copy of the podcast would be on there under resources under podcast. Uh, a lot of uh, past webinars and upcoming webinars are on there. Uh, we're on we're on Twitter and on Facebook. And Jeff, well, before we, oh, oh wait a second, I, that's the first because you're going somewhere cool next week, right? Like we should. Uh, um, it, it's it's like for those of us that don't get to go we got to live vicariously through you so so where are you going next week tell us about that tell us about All what right. else is doing next week so when by the time you listen to this podcast gary and i will be back from going to navog summit in houston texas gary to go to no way I do. that's right all the cool kids will be there yeah presenting on how to convince your boss uh to drive change Wow. All right. And Steve, what are you presenting on? <laughs> what do you think I'm presenting on, Jeff? Manufacturing? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a deep dive into to the new coding uh, base here, uh, the, the AL, Visual Studio Code. Uh, doing cracking the CRM code. Nice. It, it, it's among all the user groups, and it's actually going to have a, uh, a virtual presence. So if you're not going on site, you can you can watch it virtually actually gary session too i think so i might have to uh, i might have to attend from uh, from lowly old nina wisconsin all right all right sorry to to um slow you up steve i'm now ready to wrap up this podcast all right well i think you're going to wrap this one up so i'll let you have the honors um I, it seems like so much pressure what do i say 
You can do it, Jeff. I have faith in you. <laughs> this podcast is over.